Hey there, this podcast is titled Stop Aging Now. It's for entrepreneurs. It's for those of you who want to get to the next level. We're going to be teaching you about the seven secrets of health. This is an incredible podcast that can transform your life, your relationships, your energy, that you can invest in your career to take your opportunities to the highest level possible. Stay tuned to the very end, an amazing offer by visiting stopagingnow.7pillarscoaching.com. Stay tuned. You're going to hear amazing guests and yours truly, Dr. Nick Delgado, take you to the very next level. Your mindset, your sleep, your ability to improve your diet, your exercise, what hormones, how to balance them, all of this and more. Let's listen in. Dr. Nick Delgado here. For every young immersion, and what we're about to embark on is that as you entered, had a tasty meal, we took a moment to fill out your mission, values, dreams. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to pull up mine that started out in its evolution around, I'm going to say, 1994 is probably when I first started writing out my mission, mission, values, dreams, move toward, move away. And this lecture is going to help you understand more about what that document's about. So it might've been a little fuzzy and difficult to answer some of the questions. And that that's very common because it's really something that some of the great minds of history have tried to figure out the operating system of the mind, right? So one of the things that attracted me too was that you hear about, for example, hypnosis, and it's an appropriate intervention to help people stop smoking. But if it also can help people stop smoking, it may help them with addictions to drugs, alcohol, and even food. And some educators have purported that food is sometimes even more addictive than all the other chemicals that I just mentioned. And whether that debate is true or false, the reality is that some people believe that, say, for example, dairy products have opiates in it. There's some very powerful morphine-like chemicals in dairy product. That's so such that it's not so much that where you're consuming that food that you're getting this high, it's that when you're off of that food, you're feeling awful. We used to think when dopamine increased, oh, wow, we feel great. It's a dopamine rush. It's really quite the opposite. When dopamine declines, we feel awful. And when we feel awful, we seek whatever that chemical was that helps to restore that dopamine level and helps us to feel good. So that makes it a very compelling, powerful, physiologic addiction that's very difficult to break. So... Some of my colleagues have purported that uh, they will do, and the question came up the other day about fasting. They will do a certain number of minimum of three days or so of water fasting or juice fasting, green drink, cold press uh, fasting, and that type of thing. And all of those things work really under the effort to let these chemicals and kind of go through that crisis period because it's challenging for anyone who's been addicted to anything. I, I remember... 
when I was 12 years old, I don't know if it was the summer of 1969, it just sounds cool because 1969, but I, my father owned a beer bar. It was called Nick's Place in Temple City, California. And he bought it because it was a uh, St. Patrick's Day theme. And the prior owner had some name related to St. Patrick's Day, but everyone remembered that bar to be the place that you went on St. Patrick's Day. So I remember that my father would, uh, uh, and my mother started helping him with the beer bar, but when there was a chip on the glass bottles, they would bring them home because they couldn't sell them, but they were their stacks of beer bottles. So the summer of 69, I decided to start drinking and smoking and hanging out with girls that were there. And so it was my wild three-month excursion. And I remember going to Temple City because the hot girls were in Temple City. And I remember getting cold duck and getting so drunk that I was, I just remember being on the floor and hugging the bathroom toilet because I was vomiting so violently and I thought, who would ever wanna do this? So the only thing it cured me of was drinking cheap cold duck champagne. I like never wanted to do that again. And then I just transitioned to vodka because it was seemingly cleaner. You hear that some of the people get sick because something to do with the heavy metals in wine, something to do with the cork. And you know, I, I hear all these different theories of why people get violently ill or sick or, or, or the reaction to uh, you know these these uh, side effects of of alcohol overconsumption, and so I just transitioned to vodka, and I noticed well that's a quick high, and I'd get drunk real fast, and I didn't get sick. And I'm like, okay, this is easier, and and then I remember smoking packs and packs of cigarettes and and the whole thing, and I I don't know what it was about at that time, but for me. You know, it, it was interesting because you're hanging out with your buddies and, and, you know, they're smoking and they're drinking and they're, you know, you're, you're part of the social group. And and so there was even reinforcement. Right. And then there was total reinforcement on television, on billboards, everywhere you look. It's, it's cool. It's OK. In those days, it was OK to still kind of smoke. I think we were already starting to get clear that, hey, this isn't smart. We shouldn't be smoking. Uh, so. I understood that that culture quite well. And then I don't know what it was, but at the end of the summer of 69, I remember having a whole carton of cigarettes and I thought, I'm not ever going to smoke again. And I didn't. I, I It was expensive because I was only 12. To, how did I get a carton of cigarettes? So to throw them away was like a huge thing. It was like, if I threw them away, I'm never going to smoke again. And I did. I, I threw them away. And somehow... I decided not to drink anymore either. And, and I remember at that time, my brother, who also was a little bit younger than me, he continued to drink and smoke and, you know, carry on and stuff. And it got him into big trouble over the years. And I, 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 I you know, here's two brothers. And then the third brother, you know, he, he never drank or smoked or any of that stuff. He became an attorney and the whole thing. So, you know, in the same household, you're thinking the same environment, the same dad, single dad. And, you know, mom and dad were divorced and everything and being raised because my dad was a short uh, distance truck driver. So he, he would drive for Vons uh, all night and, and then come home. And instead of coming and being with the family, he'd go to the bars. Every, every day, every single day after he'd sleep from driving all night, he would go to the bar. So I never knew my dad really quite quite well, except he went to a few of my ball games because I was a football, baseball player. And I remember him bragging to his buddies, but he never talked to me. He would just, I could hear him bragging about me and, you know, an athlete and all these cool things. And I, I thought, you know, that 
at that time, and maybe it was in my own world, I, I, I never understood how would I communicate to my father? How, how would I get him to talk to me? And the few times I did, he uh, was so angry that my grandfather bought me a Corvair and it was one of those uh, dangerous at any speed, 1966, where you could drive it down and, and step on it and turn and it would do a 360, right? Literally, the, you know, it was like a crazy car. It was dangerous. Uh, and there was some governor, I remember, Brown, I think, that was trying to make a name for himself about attacking this car. But I fell in love with the Corvair. I thought it was great. I had the earlier little narrow one. Then later, because they were trying to fix the suspension, it had the engine in the back. And it was uh, uh, almost the same suspension as a Corvette. And it had the look of a Corvette. That damn thing, I think it was a 1966 Corvair, I want to say. And I, I, I loved that thing. I thought it was so cool. I mean, it wasn't like radically fast like, like a Corvette, but, you know, I enjoyed driving it. And it, it still had that drift. When you had turned, you could spin it, but not as easy as that original Corvair that I could do 360s in that sucker. It was like, wow, that's, this is crazy. And it reminds me, I was just in Vegas, and I mentioned last uh, weekend before, and they were doing the Formula One. And I, I got in the back with a professional uh, car driver, and we went over 210 miles an hour in, in that, you know, around the track. It was just mind-blowing how fast. I, I couldn't even, never been that fast in a car right um and, and my son told the story how he he had a 500 horsepower stock car and he went around the track uh, wherever they could rent the cars and and he said that was terrifying you know my son's pr pretty ballsy but he you know he, he he was scared so so imagine i was going even faster than he was so you know speed is fun and it's a rush right you, your, your adrenaline goes but what people don't realize more important than adrenaline up to the day we die, we can produce tons of adrenaline, literally up to the day we die. So there's no ever deficiency of adrenaline. But what we do have, which is a little known fact, is a deficiency of cortisone. And there's something called hydrocortisone, which is um, Upjohn uh, had not been able to patent it, but they originally came out with it. And so hydrocortisone uh, later became in a book called Safe Uses of Hydrocortisone, but everyone confused hydrocortisone with prednisone, which is a synthetic version. And the synthetic version has a very dangerous potent effect on the body. I mean, just five milligrams of, of prednisone or dexamethasone. Uh, in fact, uh, President Trump, when he was in Walter Reed, uh, hospitalized for the, the big thing that shut down the world. I don't use those words because they censor me when I talk about these things. So uh, they gave him dexamethasone along with a cocktail and a few other things. And Trump went on to say he felt the best he ever felt in his entire life. Now, here's a guy under massive amounts of attack and stress. And I mean, every other day you hear flip on the television and I don't watch television, but they're talking about, oh, he's, he's in this trial. He's been 92 counts of this and that. I mean, it's, it's just unbelievable. But the thing that protects you and I from that kind of stress, it's not adrenaline. It's cortisol, cortisol. So the author of that book, William McKinley Jeffries, wrote a book. He retitled the book instead of Safe Uses of Hydrocortisone. He retitled that book Safe Uses of Cortisol. Now, cortisol is a safer name to people. It's like, okay, cortisol, but it's bioidentical. Your adrenal glands produce sufficient about 40 milligrams of cortisol a day and this essentially is without cortisol let me just preface this of all the hormones in your body you could go weeks without thyroid weeks without testosterone production 
you can't go moments without cortisol, without dying. It's so critical as a hormone that it's the front line of defense against all stress. And so when we do the saliva test, I believe one of you did. Who, who did the saliva test? Great, Mark. And eventually all of you should. It's, it's really, in fact, saliva is one of the best ways to measure your uh, daytime and, and uh, morning cortisol level. It, it's, it's one of the most accurate ways to measure it. The other hormones in, in saliva, it, it's a little bit more difficult because the concentration of various hormones, it's maybe more accurate to say measure testosterone in the blood or the urine. But cortisol, it's really well measured in, in saliva. And, and that being said, I, I get results back with people when I'm coaching with Dr. Grossman or Dr. Goslin, and we're going over test results with, with you. And when I find someone with higher cortisol, people go, oh, that's not good, high, high, high cortisol. No, wait a minute. I'll always ask them, do you handle stress pretty well? And personally, oh, yeah, I handle it really well. And I go, well, do you get colds or flus um, at all? Hardly ever. High, high, high cortisol. Um, do you crave uh, sugars, salts? Uh, are, you have addictions? No, no, hardly at all. I go, but when I get them with low cortisol levels, they quickly tell me, oh, I suffer fatigue, afternoon fatigue. I've, and there is a four-point cortisol test that costs a little more to do, but it'll pinpoint when you have your drop-off. That cortisol is so critical, I would put it even above the importance of thyroid and testosterone, particularly when we're talking about emotional balance, addictions, and fear, and anger, and hurt, and, and even having enough cortisol to pursue a significant other, because women will turn you down. They'll say no. But if you have enough cortisol, you, you will rise to the occasion and continue in that stressful pursuit till you get, hopefully, a date with this girl that's hot and beautiful and walking by and you're like, oh yeah, you know, I want to be with that girl. Sure. And if she turns you down and you have low cortisol levels, you're going to have trouble. You're not going to be able to like raise that, overcome that objection. So contrary to popular belief, there was a television ad. I think it would, I forget the name of the product, but it was some supplement that suppressed cortisol and they blamed cortisol with the main reason why people were obese or overweight, which is really quite the opposite. And, and they played on the misinformation of the general public, and most doctors don't know what I'm, I'm telling you. A handful of doctors know exactly what I'm telling you. The, the most elite doctors in the world who understand hormone uh, balancing understands this. So I started delving deeper with it, and, and I, I started working with Dr. Susie Shooter, medical doctor. She's over here in Newport Beach. And I never forgot, there was, we were the early pioneers in hormone research and science. And I flew to Florida and I remember it was a stormy night in, you know, hurricane type weather. We were in somewhere off the coast uh, near uh, Miami and, and Dr. Susie Shooter and I uh, ended up hooking up our room together so we could talk into the night about hormones and various things. And she's a psychiatrist. Now she's a psychiatrist, one of the few psychiatrists who understands that it's hormonal levels that might very well be the key to whether someone can handle their own addictions or not, or whether the doctor or the interventionist could guide you to become essentially in charge of your own life instead of controlled by a substance, right? So we were taking notes, and Dr. Ron Rothenberg, uh, uh, UC San Diego professor, um, emergency medicine background, one of the elite anti-aging doctors, 
uh, he was there at the conference and, and a few other big name people. And I was in the front row with Dr. Shooter, Dr. Ron Rothering, and none other than Dr. Terry Hertog had flown in from Europe, Belgium, arguably the top hormone expert in the world because his father and father before him in endocrinology had studied thyroid and cortisol and every known hormone, and they wrote textbooks about it. They were the first to discover the, the, the factor of uh, hypothyroidism, low thyroid, or hyperthyroidism, and they knew the treatments. In fact, there's pictures, and I have the textbooks upstairs, in their colorful textbook that Dr. Susie Shooter had the honor to get to edit for Dr. Uh, uh, Terry Hertog. And there's pictures of these really old-looking people, guys, men, and so forth, and you see them after having thyroid intervention and one of the signs of low thyroid is cold hands and feet. So shake each other's hand, see who has the coldest hand in the group here. Just, just shake each other's hand, take turns, and we'll figure out by default who is the coldest hands in the group. <laughs> so, so, right, right. So, <laughs> back row. Yeah. Now, now, cold hands and feet. Some of you, you know, had mentioned to me at the last uh, uh, yesterday that you, you you hold your hands in here because you know they're cold and it's your way of trying to warm them up. But see, if other people in the same room under the same temperature, I'm I'm warm, I'm hot. I usually run hot, and I'm trying to figure out ways to cool down. So when I when I looked at there was a period where I had low thyroid and I learned how to adjust it. There's a a T150 Thyroid Plus that I have a bottle upstairs. And it's really hard to get thyroid glandular, the right type that works. In fact, it's a prescription item and, and Big Pharma makes it really difficult for you know uh, nutritional individuals to get a hold. But I always keep researching and finding out, okay, that, this is the current best product. And so we private label that, that's coming out. It's available now, it's, it's coming out this week. And th th the point was that when Dr. Hertog was lecturing, he had such a thick French Belgium accent. You, you couldn't understand him at all. I mean, but I was smart enough because I'm a videographer and I videotaped three solid days of him talking. And I literally watched those tapes over and over and over and over again. And finally, I realized when he said, and when the Panay is having difficulty, we have this challenge. And, and I'm like, Panay, what? And I realized later he was talking about the penis and it wasn't getting hard. And he was going through this whole discussion, which was really fabulous for me because I get a lot of guys who ask me, hey, you know, how, how, how as I get older, can I hang out with younger, hot ladies and, you know, do my thing and have a great time and or cement my relationship and continue and function, right? And so, you know, for me, uh, I remember I was the first to get to speak before a group of 1,400 doctors. And the subject was all day long, eight hours, uh, what was uh, intimacy, love, sex, and intimacy. And they knew I was the world expert on it. So I was lecturing to these doctors. And true story, there was Ava Cadell. She's like a sexy Dr. Ruth. You, you remember Dr. Ruth at all? She always gave actually really good advice. But you'd look at Dr. Ruth, you go, I wonder if she's ever had sex. I mean, it was just like, you know, just a little creepy, you know, this grandmother type thing. I'm like, I don't know about this. But Ava Cattell, oh, wow, Beverly Hills, real hot, you know, sexy European. I don't know if this is a real accident, but, you know, a European accent. And, and um, you know, and she, so she, she, we had never done a lecture together, but we decided to do this lecture. And then I had Bob Delmantique, the senior author to senior fitness magazines. You know, I showed a picture of him the other day. I'll show him again later, 80 some years old. But he carried around a little black bag. We always wondered, what's 
what's in that little black bag, see? And he confided me he had made love to Marilyn Monroe and all the famous actresses of that time because he was the fitness guy and they would call him in and he once told me some stories that I'll tell you because this is our private group. And he said, well, you know, Marilyn said she wanted to get in shape. So she said, what do I do first? And and Bob said, well, you're going to do this, this, and this, and this. And then she looked at him and said, I'm not going to do that. And then he looks at her and goes, okay. She goes, no, you're just going to do push-ups on me. I mean, that, that's your going to be, that's going to be my exercise. So that was Marilyn Monroe, right? So he and I would talk about how you go about pleasing a woman. We had long conversations to this day. Doctors remembered me doing that talk. And I remember, um, it was so loud in the room of laughter and excitement and energy that, um, Every doctor in the surrounding hallways, and this week I'm going to be at the Las Vegas A4M, and this was, I think it was 2003, maybe uh, around there, and the doctors confided in me because I dated some of the other female doctors. They told me openly, and they said, hey, you know, when, when we heard what was going on in your room, we, all the students were wondering, what is going on? And, and, and they all asked, can, can, we, can we go see what's going on? So the other doctors let their room filter into our room so we had standing room only swear 1500 doctors you, you couldn't find room and so i remember ava cadell asking well dr nick what would be the perfect intimate encounter what what how would you describe you know uh, what you would go about and i said you really want to hear this and she said oh yes i really do and i said well and and by the way i had a a gal that i went to high school with a tall um brown hair, beautiful girl. And she was back. Well, can I have a model come up and demonstrate this? And, and Ava says, well, yeah, of course it's all impromptu. So the, the lady comes walking up to the stage and I said, well, what I would do is have her first get on all fours. And I said, please get on all fours. And you know, she's my model. So she's doing what I ask her to do. She gets on all fours. And I said, I have you kind of look back a little bit. And, and so, yeah, that exactly that position like that. And you kind of arch a little bit. And I said, yes, that that's true. And then I said, I'd get you the uh, Masters and Johnson had proven that uh, women have unlimited capacity to achieve orgasm after orgasm, unlimited. But 95% of guys have no clue how to please and how to bring a woman to orgasm because all, all, let's say more than 76% of women fake it. They fake it because they're not actually reaching orgasm. And I told this whole audience this and the doctors are like, you know, they're just going nuts, right? And so a bunch of, I'll be polite, a bunch of Asian doctors had their cameras and they're flashing like crazy because we're on stage and they're watching this whole demonstration. And so they're getting all into this whole thing and they're laughing and roaring and everything. And then I said, well, what I would do was with Masters and Johnson, because they realized that physiologically women have no, they're completely insati insatiable. Women literally have a capacity to just come and come. And guys come once, twice, you know, if they're young, maybe three, four, five times. But I said, the device they used was a Hitachi magic wand that plugs into the wall, not these cheap little battery things. And I said, what they did was they measured the amplitude and the EKGs and EEGs, the brainwaves, everything of these women. They knew exactly the peak of when these women would come and when they'd come back down and come and come down. And I had urologists in the audience later, and I described further, I went into detail of what supplements you do, what herbs, what protocols, what peptides. I went into the whole thing. I had urologists who had studied their whole career about, you know, sexual dysfunction and function. 
And they came up to me and says, how did you figure this all out? That, no one knows this stuff. And I said, well, you know, it's, I, I, I like the subjects, right? I said, I like the subject. I, I wanted to figure it out because my wife had told me I was a lousy lover. <laughs> ah, you know, after five years of being with her. And I'm like, okay, so what does that mean? And I, so I started reading every book. If you go to my office in, in up the street on 17th Street, I have different sections in my library. One whole wall is dedicated to every book on sexual function intimacy. And I was smart enough to read the books by women talking about how women get pleased. And I'm like, okay, that's smart. You know, this, this makes sense because guys may not know, but women will know. And so I went through this whole discourse and then I said, you know, I, I had my model get on the get on the stage and I said, I whipped out the vibrator and I said, and I would have her hold it right underneath her, right in the right position. So she would be just orgasming, orgasming because she would know the pressure to hold it exactly where. And the audience is just going nuts at this point. They're, they're just they're just like, oh, my God, I can't believe he's doing this. And so she she's holding the vibrator, not with it turned on, right? <laughs> At that moment, although, you know, that's 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 interesting. At some other events I've been to. But, you know, and I said, and then, you know, she would be in that position, but you see, I wouldn't mount her yet. I would make sure that A, I would probably stimulate her nipples to get her oxytocin going. And B, I would probably whisper to her certain things because if she's auditory and she's kinesthetic, she wants to be felt, she's auditory, she's listening. And visually, she's either an exhibitionist or uh, what's the opposite of exhibitionist? What's, what's the other one? Uh, mm, Cold. What is it? Cold. Cold. No, no. Exhibitionist and uh, a voyeur. Voyeur. Right? Voyeur exhibitionist, right? Right? Okay. So point is, you know, the audience is just going nuts at this point, right? And then I said, and then she would start building and building. I'm telling this whole story and Ava's like, like this, like, holy, she can't even believe I'm saying all this stuff, right? And next thing you know, you know, the whole audience is going nuts. And then people say, can I take a picture with her and this and that? And I'm like, oh, you can do whatever you want over there. I don't, you know, it's all clear. And so the audience was going wild. And then all eight hours worth, I'm talking about hormones, biohormones, peptides, all the things. This is 2003, mind you. This is really early. And when it was the early start of the... I don't, I don't even know if Howard... I mean, someone would have to look it up, right? So it would have gone over well with Howard Stern, I think, you know? So uh, there's a doctor, Mitch Gannon. He's on... Um, what, what's that famous uh, radio station that uh, uploads... Uh, that, that Howard's on or was, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know, something TV, I forgot. Uh, if you said it, I'd remember. But the point is that, you know, the, these these doctors were craving to learn because patients come into their offices and say, look, I, you know, I don't function. Viagra doesn't work. It only works in 30% of the cases. And then there's this whole displaced thing and energy and purpose of, of men trying to figure out how to please a woman and then the woman having to fake it, even women telling me confidently going, you know, I think I'm broken. I don't, I don't come when he, when he enters me. I just, I just never come. And, and they're not broken. Physiologically, Scientific American, 30 years ago, after I wrote the book, Sex is a Sizzling Relationship, I never released it until I finally came out. There's one copy over on the table, Mastering Love, Sex, Intimacy. And even John Gray endorsed that book. He said, no one's ever gone to that depth to explain all of these physiologic, emotional, and uh, techniques and everything. And so I've, I've been on sex panels in New York. And even when John Gray, who's the famous, I mean, men are for Mars, women for Venus, right? It's a famous relationship you know, author, right? 40 million books sold. I mean, you can't get any more famous than that. And so when I would talk, he would lean forward like in wanting to hear what the heck I'm going to say. Because they knew the whole audience in New York, they're going to go nuts because I'm going to say something crazy like I just talking about. 
And so I remember Z Rock Khan was sitting right next to me. She was talking about how she made love to this guy in the Amazon. And I'm looking at her like, wow, and she's hot smoking. Well, of course, we went out that night. And we got to know each other. And then we started dating. And I talked to her recently. You know, she's just fabulous, beautiful, Indian, gorgeous woman. And I have these unlisted videos that, you know, I can give you access to as you come deeper into the VIP mentorship. But she goes deep into And she, she actually literally believes that orgasm is like like the presence of God to her. I mean, she, she literally, you know, ties that in. So if it's that powerful in her mind, right, she, she, you, you can believe she is a sex goddess, right? And she trains couples how, how to enjoy intimacy and, and fall in love and rekindle love. So I, I think back to that time and, um, you know, explaining that, you know, the, 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 the curve and the, the build and the energy and the amplitude. And then I'm going to talk a little bit later, but if you don't have sufficient hormones, you're either going to be overstressed and can't engage, or you're going to be too uh, underloaded, if you will, to, to, to even have the energy to pursue and, and, and have a, a great time, particularly as we age. So uh, Dr. Sh uh, Susie Shooter and I, as I mentioned, we were taking notes at Terry Hertog's event. So I spent years studying all of these hormones, all the interactions and you know what herbs, what supplements, how to make these things work. And sure enough, you know, I, I was quite satisfied to discover that when I, like next week in the convention, doctors are going to come and flood my booth. They're going to be buying Amore. They're going to be buying Adrenal DMG. They're going to be buying, because they understand, I understand exactly what it takes to, to manifest this, this tremendous amount of energy because many of the psychiatric symptoms and they're using these psychotropic medications and, and, and you know, and they're trying to deal with pain. Um, and then that leads me to Adrenal DMG and methyl donors like DMG. You see, I realized that you, you, you couldn't depend or you could, but taking hydrocortisone or cortisol in, in very low dosages, uh, you, you, I was just with uh, RFK, RFK, the, um, he's running for presidency, RFK Jr. RFK Jr., right? I was just with him a few weeks ago at that, that big convention and uh, interesting to hear what he had to say. I've, I've heard his talk several times, but JFK, the, the real president, if, if you, you want to talk about a, a real man's man, a real president, you know, he, he was dating, what um, wasn't it, Marilyn Monroe, right? At the time. So now I have these two guy connections that, you know, hung out with her. But JFK had a cortisol deficiency. He, has what, he had what was called Addison's disease. So if you can't produce enough cortisol, he had horrible back pain and he suffered from it terribly. And the doctor at that time knew that he, if he prescribed John F. Kennedy hydrocortisone, which you could prescribe cortisol, which we have available, doctor can prescribe it for 20 bucks, you get 100 tablets and you divide it into 10 milligrams uh, four times a day. If, if you feel a cold or flu or that big thing that shut down the whole world, you ramp up to about 40 milligrams four times a day. And that, if it doesn't knock it out fat. My son, the other day was sick. He usually lived with his mom. Now he lives with me full time for other reasons that I mentioned before. And he had a cold flu coming on. And usually he'd be down for the count for days, weeks, who knows, sometimes a month or so. I said, no, no, here, here we're going to do that. And when you sit outside in the sun, you have 50,000 lux of energy. And he said, what's that about? And he says, well, indoors, you barely get maybe the brightest, brightest light, 5,000 lux of energy at most. And I said, that stimulates what? The release of cortisol, your own body's ability to release cortisol. And so if, if you understand that, 
And then you talk about grounding, taking your shoes off and, you know, wearing barefoot and, you know, of course, stone is you can't really ground and you're outdoors in the sun. I usually do this first thing in the morning when the sun's coming up in the front yard. As the sun comes down, I'm, I go out to the front yard because I want my circadian rhythm to match morning and night rise and sunset. And it corrects it and gets yourself in a position where your cortisol reaches its peak during the daylight hours and it drops very low at night and melatonin kicks in so you can sleep at night this is this is a very important uh biorhythm or or rhythm of the body and the mind so it's interesting that i i i studied this extensively because there was a few problems i had one of the problems was I would overeat. I would eat so much food and I could never get satisfied. And it never made sense to me. I, I, I thought I was kind of some kind of a freak. I'd, I won maybe four food eating contests where I literally entered the county fair. And one time it was uh, eating pies. Another time uh, it was eating hamburgers up in uh, uh, Shasta up there. And another time I entered a, uh, I forget, uh, Tostad eating contest. I mean, whatever the contest, I could overeat anyway. It was crazy. I, I could eat insane amounts of food. I literally went to St. George's in Arcadia, California. It was a buffet. And I went with the whole football team. We had an eating contest. Well, 20 plates in, full plates. I was still going. And the biggest 280-pound 6'8 guy, was. he dropped out. He said, this is, I can't keep it with you. This is crazy. St. George's banned me from going to the all-you-could-eat uh, food place because I had some in, insatiable way to eat. And I, I, I look back to that and I realize that one of the reasons why I struggled with my weight, the solution initially for me was to eat healthy whole foods. So I could eat almost unlimited amounts of crazy fruits, vegetables, oil-free, sugar-free. And it did. It got me right into a really good body weight because here was my license to eat as much as I wanted, but I didn't know I was fueled by my lack of cortisol production. And once I learned how to first take cortisol, the prescription, and I noticed, God, my appetite, it's like, like I could eat a plate of food and be done. I also noticed that when I worked out intensely hard, I mean, to the point where I was like, you know, hit, hitting the limits of, of human physiologic capability, I would crash and burn for days. I was wiped out. I'd get a cold or flu. I'd burn out. I'd get bronchitis. It would always, always happen. I'm like, what the hell's going on? I mean, in my earlier days, I could work out hard and recover, and then I couldn't recover anymore. Again, low cortisol level. And so once I learned to solve that critical problem, I realized that from an emotional standpoint, there was a whole cascade that we're going to get into over the next couple of days. But it's always important to understand the hormonal basis of each of these things and the power of each of these hormones because bodybuilders, for example, will ramp up on anabolics, testosterone, thyroid's an anabolic, DHA's uh, anabolic, but cortisol is a catabolic. And for every amount of anabolic, you have to have an equal balance of catabolic because it's like two kids on a teeter-totter. They're, they're jumping up and down on a teeter-totter and they're going up and down. And if one's too high, the kid's going to fall off. And so you want that balance, that delicate balance, because you can train insanely hard. You can ramp up your anabolics, your testosterone, your DHA, because you want to shoot towards youthful levels. But if you ramped them up without understanding you need to actually support the adrenals and the cortisol levels, you're going to crash and burn. I, I went to Gold's Gym. I was around some of these huge bodybuilders, guys who had won the Mr. Olympiad, if I named their names, uh, 
not Phil Heath, but the other uh, guy will come to me, big, big, huge, muscular white guy. Um, it'll, his name will come to me. And he was, he was walking around the gym coughing and hacking and sick, but massive and big, right? But always using anabolics. He had no clue about how much further he could pursue and do in his career if he understood the power of cortisol and adrenal. And I met another doctor who wrote um, Adrenal Failure, Dr. Wilson, and he went to purport that if you use the right adrenal glandulars, it would actually rebuild because like finds like. And so it was the only exception that I made to being mostly plant-based. And I listen, I, I'm full disclosure. There are people who are plant-based and they they, you know, they do it for the planet and they do it for certain purposes. I do it for health. So when I started looking at um, the thyroid plus T150, it has multiple other adrenal glandulars. It's got spleen, it's got liver, it's got all these things. And at first I'm a little hesitant wondering, but you know what? They've removed the cholesterol. They've removed some of the bad things in it. Uh, they got it from New Zealand. It's highly purified, never had an issue at all. It was uh, what's called GMP, good manufacturing practices. So I sourced the very best adrenal glandular for adrenal DMG. And then I added herbs, garlic, echinacea. And you, you asked about uh, echinacea, you asked about astragalus. And astragalus is a fabulous herb. And, and, and as I mentioned, as folklore goes, uh, goes that, that these primitive cultures would point to that herb and go, eat that urban you'll live longer and they must have known from generation after generation that people eating that had astragalus so i thought what if i took astragalus at a at a 200 to 1 concentration so i got 200 milligrams but it was a, a 10 10x concentration meaning the 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 glandular itself was uh the, the echinacea itself the herb was very concentrated going through filters to make it more and more and more concentrated and so it would be equivalent in that capsule to 2,000 milligrams of astragalus. They, most people wouldn't eat a whole batch of, of astragalus to, to, to that level, but I wanted to get the therapeutic dose. I wanted to get in that capsule because it's very difficult in a capsule. Uh, in powders, you can take a lot of powder and scoop it into your drink, your food and things, but in a capsule, you have to really be smart and know how to do these formulas. And that's what I did. And I said, okay, so what would I do is the dream immune enhancing builder. What would I do to support the adrenal glands? Because the adrenals are more important than any other gland in the body for life and death and fear and longevity and, and dealing with anabolic and catabolic. And what else does, does uh, proper levels of cortisol do? It regulates your energy. Why? Because the IGF-1 and the actual cortisol itself, when it's produced in sufficient quantities, its chief function is to push free fatty acids, glucose, and amino acids from the foods that you eat into the cells for energy and utilization. It's critical. It's, it's, it's a major function. And that's why when you're under stress, you need more energy, fight or flight. You got to deal with the situation. You don't want to be depending off adrenaline, become an adrenaline junkie because most people are, they, they go through this whole thing where initially they're producing more cortisol and they say, oh, that's bad. Well, it's not bad, but there's a point where the adrenals can't produce enough cortisol and what happens is you flatline and then your body keeps releasing adrenaline and you're living off adrenaline. And that's not a good thing. That, that's a very stressful thing. Your body just goes through a lot of reactions and dealing with that crashes and burns, has all kinds of issues. And you then there's even what's called a drama queen. Have you, have you ever heard that term? So there, there's a couple and, and they're having a conversation and the lady, well, I'll just pick on the lady this time, could be a guy, drama king, I guess you could call it. But the ladies talking to you and out of nowhere, 
she picks a fight with you. And you're like, what is this? And, and guys, by the way, testosterone cycles every 15 minutes. And, and we, yeah. And we make fun of, by the way, women who cycle every month. Do you realize that guys cycle testosterone every 15 minutes? So if a guy gets upset, just walk away from him for about 15 minutes, come back and almost act like it didn't even happen. You're like, what the heck was that? Is that like amnesia or something? What is going on? And there's a pretty famous uh, biologist was talking, I think it was on Joe Rogan or one of these shows, and he totally doesn't get it. He has no clue about hormonal regulation and function. And he kept saying, well, I just have uh, more ability to identify when I should be angry and upset, when I should walk away. And it was, he had no clue about how men's testosterone cycles every 15 minutes. So, okay, so these guys don't know half of what I could tell you. But long story short, you know, he, 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 when, you, when you understand the ability to regulate the, these hormones, drama, why would, why would a woman create drama when you're in a conversation? Why? Her cortisol level drops so low. Maybe she's a ca caffeine addict. Maybe, maybe she's burned her adrenals out from not enough sleep. Maybe, maybe you know, she, she's had other traumas, emotional traumas in her life. So, so what does she do? She picks a fight with you. Why? Because when she gets in a fight with you, her cortisol level goes up and she feels good. Why you're feeling lousy. She just picked on the shit out of you. And, and she, you know, women or men, they know your buttons and they're, they're trying to find, you know, where you're going to get a reaction. Why? Because the moment they get their reaction from you, they feel good. Now that's a freaky thing. And literally Dr. Susie Shooter described this in a very special paper. I'm, I'm sorry, this journal reference is overlaid. I, I got to get, but it was published in the New York Academy of Sciences. And if I can read under the lines there, uh, reprogramming addictions, mind, biological medicine. Let's see, what is, what is the sub, sub uh, headline there? Uh, forgive me there, it's a little hard to read. Um, yeah, I would have to find the original paper. She sent me the, the original paper, uh, but she, she said, diagnosed as psychiatric disorders responsive to hydrocortisone, stress-induced hypocortisolemia, meaning, you can't produce enough cortisol. And if you can't produce enough cortisol, you're going to have a lot of emotional challenges. And she said these patients were successfully treated with physiologic doses of bioequivalent hydrocortisone along with the replacement of any other deficient hormone. By correcting underlying hormonal insufficiencies, many patients improve with some patients having a total reversal of psych psychiatric symptoms without psyche, psychotropic medications. Solution, identify, let go of the pain, the core problem to address. In other words, get to the emotional issue because we all have emotional, I'm going to delve over the next couple of days, but adrenal support and methyl donors. Now, so not only is this ingenious that this adrenal herbal product is, I'd say of all the products is the most it's my favorite invention because it's so, so effective in helping people to feel better on a daily basis, just more energy. It's subtle. It's not like caffeine energy. It's real subtle, but you, you're able to handle attacks emotionally. You're able to handle uh, microbes and, and, and different uh, in, introductions. But here's where the methyl donor comes in, DMG. The product is called Adrenal DMG. The doctor's brand is called Adrenal Immune Support, but the DMG is dimethylglycine. There's a really good book by um, Roger Kendall, and he talks about safe uses of DMG. And he talks about 
uh, Olympic athletes using DMG to outperform in Russia their, their best uh, records. He talks about Bernie Rimlin and people talking about using DMG for autism and uh, certain cognitive disorders. So this, this is one of the most important methyl donors of all. And that DMG is also in that bottle I gave you. It's one of the methyl donors. So what I did was I stacked that methyl donor because there's different pathways. So TMG affects different uh, biochemical pathways. DMG's over here, TMG's over here, uh, phosphatidylserine's over here, uh, methylcobalamin, another uh, methyl donor. So what a methyl donor essentially is the core of it, just without getting overly molecular complex about the biology, but it's a CH3 molecule. And that CH3 molecule, as it breaks down, it holds your body together. It helps you handle stress. It helps you handle aging. It helps your body undergo over a billion chemical reactions per second. That little bottle there may not, when you take it, like if you take my power and speed and like you're lit, you're, I mean, your body's, you're like, oh, wow, this is intense. And we were talking about dosing it very carefully, right? Because a full capsule, I remember Eddie DeLuca, he's this guy who trains these UFC fighters. He was in the movie with um, Sylvester Stone, a low over the top. Do you ever see that arm wrestling thing? And he was a truck driver and he was out on the road and there was a remake of it with, with the mechanical uh, fighting machine things with the kid following the, the dad and everything. But uh, Sylvester Stallone, look up the movie, Over the Top. And there's this scene where Eddie DeLuca, 300 pounds, he's all of like 5'6", 300, muscular. I mean, freaky muscular. And, and he's, he's arm wrestling Sylvester because they had to find an actor that was smaller. Sylvester's a small little guy. You don't want a big, massive guy. I guess it makes Rocky look like a little guy, right? And so, so you, you see, and, and Eddie's a good arm wrestler. And he's in there, whew, you know, and then, of course, Stallone beats him or something. You know, I forget how the, you know, the punchline of the movie. But the point is, Eddie's one that goes, Nick. I really like your power and speed. I, I, I want to do a study on it. I said, well, what, what do you want? He said, send me bottles of power and speed and I'll get the top athletes. I'll get, uh, uh, I, I, I'll get Sanchez on it. I, I, I'll get, and he started naming all the athletes. And at the time, UFC was just barely, it wasn't as big as it is now, but he, he found the top athletes. I have a clinical study that he showed with reaction time using power and speed that he would measure the punch time from when they would see the light go and, and punch. And he said it was off the charts. He said, these guys, your product just, just unbelievably performed. And so we, we got a lot of, it was the first lead into power and speed. I had a company order a million units. It was the first time I saw a wire transfer in my bank account that took my breath away. Like, what? And it was, it was just freaky. It was like amazing. And I thought, wow, that funded my whole company. Cause from there I could, you know, keep investing, reinvesting and creating products and mad scientists and me. I like, I didn't want to stop there. There's, there's gotta be other cool things I can figure out, which, which I did, of course, Amora and, and, and all these DNA protectors and stuff. So I'm not too well known right now, but you know, when, when, when the media catches up and I get on some of these talk shows that I'll hold my own because I know science, I know body reactions. And here's Eddie DeLuca. And he goes, Nick, he goes, that, that stuff's amazing. He goes, but dude, man, I had a reaction. I said, what? And he said, well, well, it was, I was feeling so good. I took one and then I took eight. I said, you took what? You took eight power and speeds at once? He said, yeah, I was, it was like a rush, man. It was like the ultimate rush. I mean, I was like going for, for, for days. I, I, I don't know what to tell you, Nick. It's, that's, that's crazy stuff, man. Whatever you put in there, it's crazy stuff. <laughs>
And so I had figured out a nuclei, nucleotide, a nitrogenous base, and I understood the biochemistry. And there, there was years ago in Japan, there was this the march. It was called the Death March. And they, they, they took American soldiers and I, I think UK soldiers, and they made a march without food. And, and then they figured out that these guys could sustain their energy through access to nitrogen. Well, what's nitrogen? And it's like, well, that, that's a pretty complex comment there. But without getting kind of gross, the, the nucleotide nitrogenous base, there are, uh, there are other available forms of nitrogenous base. And when you're starving, you have nothing to eat. Uh, the death march, the only ones who survived were essentially eating the excrement of, you know, others. It was like, really? So it, it, the chemical structure is similar, but I was able to figure out how to do it, you know, in a, a in a, in a, natural plant-based derivative and and create that product the early version was that eddie was using was just off the charts crazy intense it this this product right now is i call it power and extreme and one version of it in power and speed but i had to tone that thing down it it was it was too strong and people just they had to have enough hydra hydration they understand and, and you know these people out there one is good more is better i just didn't want to get you know have an issue with someone coming after me later and going oh wow that, this is a problem so back to adrenal dmg it's a very elegant energy so is the dna protect neuro insight because methyl donors allows your body to sustain this energy without overdriving the adrenals the adrenals are overdriven and some of these things, namely caffeine and so forth, overstimulate the adrenal system. And that can suppress the ability to produce cortisol. So cortisol is also easily measured in 24 year. And we can measure about eight different, um, five different metabolites of cortisol. And we, we look at those total loads in 24 year. And after you've been taking the program, doing the sleep, doing the, the systems, the power of the mind. And so I, I think it's it's one of these great um, advantages to understand the human biology and the biochemistry, which it, it's just one of my favorite things because I'm always trying to figure out how can I outperform these world-class athletes, outlift them, uh, compete with them, create products for them that they can use. And so that was kind of the origin of looking at addictions to overeating, of food, alcohol, drugs and, and and looking at what the core pain is emotionally and looking at what what i call this release technique and reframe and the, the basis of all is low cortisol so the beauty of adrenal dmg i had a guy recently he's a he's a biohacker his name's brad, brad axelrod and he said that that adrenal dmg product it's probably on the other table. That product saved my life. He said, I was boarding on burnout. I'm an entrepreneur. I, I just couldn't handle the stress and the constant long hours and, and the competition and everything. And he said, I, I, how you did that product, I have no idea. But I do. And I just went into a great degree of detail about, about this product and why I'm such my personally, um, when I'm under more stress, I'll take three in the morning, three in the afternoon, three in the evening. If I feel cold or flu coming, I'll even increase that. There's no upper dose that can cause you a problem. Adrenal DMG. And, and I think, uh, RJ, can, can you grab it right there? It's, it's right there, the adrenal DMG, right to the right of Nero Inspire. And the only difference, no, right in the front row, I think. Yep, that's it. You can pass it around. So... Amazon made me take claims off the front of the label. It's like blank in the front. I can't say all the cool things it does because I don't know. They don't want, don't want me to have an unfair advantage in telling people that this is going to be a revolution to their health and their well-being. And we priced it at this stupid low price. 
you know, you're, you're always in those Amazon competitive price wars. And I, I, I just, I didn't want to be left by the wayside. I wanted people to have access and to use it. And I, I think it's gone up $5 in, in, after the last eight years. I mean, I mean, just recently, I think they adjusted the price possibly. I, I can't remember. I think they're, they're getting ready to do that. But, and the product Neuro Inspire, the difference between Neuro Insight and DNA Protect is Neuro Inspire, if you want to grab that bottle, is it has cognitive herbs, certain herbs that helps cognitive function. So as we get older, you know, your mom, your dad, your grandfather, you know, different people, you want to make sure they try this product out. This, this, this is an amazing product. And so when you, some of the, the, the type is a little too small, but, but the point is, I think, you know, there's a point where you, 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 you kind of look at what does it take to be functioning at your best and who better than Mr. Performance, Anthony Robbins. Right. And I've been to events with him in the early days all over the world. I, I just got a note from his best friend, Mike Keyes. He says he's going to meet with me probably after December 19th. And there, there's this really cool thing that took place. And that was that there was a book and I think I have it sitting over there and it's, I've mentioned it before. It's underneath that ZRT test, uh, RJ right there. It says how to look and feel great. The blue book that, that write your hands right over it. Yeah, that one. So that book, Tony Robbins used how to look great and feel sexy. And he used that cookbook for his buffet style. Like we have buffet style and he made the recipes at the Wakaloa hotel in you know, the Hilton of Hawaii, Wakaloa, you walk a lot. This is a joke, right? Walk a lot, walk a lot at the Wakaloa, Waikaloa. And I, I love this book because it even identifies which recipes are for, for weight loss. It'll say fast weight loss. And you, you look, you'll notice they're, they're more of the soup, salad, vegetable type fruit based because those are going to help you lose weight faster. And so there's all kinds of recipes in there all the way to, you know, like a, a tasty cheesecake that doesn't have any of the dairy in it. I mean, I, I really like that. And plus the opening of the book talks about how do you get enough protein? Everyone always asks me that question and they're so confused about it. And I answered the question in that chapter in that book. I think it was early publication was 1994. And so I purport that the average person will lose two to three pounds. Average weight loss in the study I published was six pounds in, in a week. The average person, uh, there was over, uh, what does it say? 643 people. And they all came to the island and I tested their blood microscope tests and lipids. And then we retest them nine days uh, later. And we had this fabulous results that there was this marvelous reduction in blood pressure, uric acid, kidney, liver function. Uh, the triglycerides, the higher they were, the higher the triglycerides were initially, the more they dropped, um, over 42% reduction. The cholesterol average, the higher the cholesterol, the more the, the reduction. If they're already good cholesterol levels and triglycerides, they didn't need to drop much. So the percentage of change looked less, which was not a slight on, on the protocol. And that was with what? With, with, with this book. Uh, I, it, was the, it was the pre, the food. Yeah, the food. The food, but he was putting in through exercise and, and timeline therapy. He calls it something different. Uh, the Dickens pattern. It's like a move away thing that's pretty powerful. And um, so so all of this data, and by the way, recently someone shot me a note and says, well, uh, eating kale and these things increase uh, oxalic acid and they cause gout. And I'm like, wait a minute. Uric acid it's not oxalic acid. Oxalic acid, when you eat plant foods, your body will adjust for that and the mineral absorption will 
balance out and you, will, you won't have a mineral deficiency. Early on, it looked like studies showed oxalic acid and it causes mineral depletion, but it's not the chief, chief function. It, it's, it's animal and the animal amino acids turn into uric acid. The nucleic acid in animal tissue doesn't come from plant. It only comes from animal. So uric acid, when, when you follow a more of a, a plan like this, and then the, the cookbook that came out more recently, Simply Healthy Cookbook, the, the, the white one, that one took me 15 years to gather recipes from around the world. And we took pictures of the recipes. It's a fabulous cookbook. So the early one had like an introduction, told, tells you the measurement, how to get in a fiber, tells you the milligrams of cholesterol, uh, vitamins and minerals, nutrients. This one went specifically to just recipes that we knew that people loved. So they're, they're really a good companion and co-companion from a perspective of both cookbooks when people ask you which is better, which one do you want? You know, which one's more important? I think they're both important. So Tony Robbins did this fun thing. And, and have I ever told you this story? He got, he got 300 guys up on stage. We, he told us to take our shirt off and he had 700 women in the audience. And, and, and the women, the women, did I have that right? Um, 700 men. How, how many was it on stage? So uh, regardless of the ratio, let, let's just say uh, he might have attracted more, more men, but there was over, let, let's say there was over 600 women in the audience, but they had to sit according to net worth. The women of the highest net worth got to sit in the front row. The women with the least financial net worth sat in the very back. The guys were on stage and the women in the front got first vote and the whole idea was to change roles and the, the women would seek to get a date and the guys would act, you know, a little bit more like, you know, body and sexy and everything. We had to, we had to do some uh, choreographed dance or sing or something. And I don't know if you can tell, but there's a big smile on someone right there. And three years in a row, I won the contest out of all the men on stage. Three years in a row. And he finally said, this is unfair. You, 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 you can't compete anymore because some of the other guys, you know, need to have a chance. He, he always ended up in the finals and, you know, and then there's this Joseph McClinton who, who to this day still speaks for Tony Robbins. And he shot me a text very recently. He said he was teasing someone else's, ah, Dr. Nick, I beat you on stage. And he knows it's not true. I beat him. And then he turned around and says, yeah, it's true. You, you out, outdid me because I used to love to do these butterflies. I, I, when I, I don't know what it is, but I love this chest movement, a decline butterflies and my chest would always develop. And I was plant-based uh, no, using no steroids, you know, easy, you know, all plant-based, whole foods, oil-free, sugar-free. And I was always in contest shape. I wasn't a bodybuilder. I wasn't a, you know, anything other than I liked fitness and in shape. And so I got a date with a lady and it was kind of fun. And we talked about it and everything years later. And so Tony was doing role reversal because the guys would have to explain to the woman, well, I have this nice house. I have this no, no, no. The girls would have to say that they had this nice house and the nice car and trying to lure them to, to get a date. And it was this role reversal. And the guys would have to kind of play coy and put it off and, and like, look, no, I, I don't want to do anything on the first date and you know all this stuff. But it, it, was, it was fun to, to experience that role reversal. And then it wasn't really about who would win the contest or not. It was, it was more about of, of understanding the emotions between men and women. But it was, it was kind of fun to compete in all that. And yeah, there, there it was 300 ladies and, and the women would choose who was the best body out of 700 men. And I literally won it, uh, uh two or three years in a row. I, I don't recall if it was two or three, but you know, and these are all different guys and it, it, it was just, 
1994. Um, so that was 23 plus six, 29 years ago. And I'm right now turning 69. So that I was 40, right? I was 40. So there was guys younger than me, older than me and so forth. But in my forties, you know, I was in great shape. And at that time I, I, I was using forced negative reps. So over the next couple of days, did I ever show you the 12 minute workout? Any of you? Yeah, a little bit of it, yeah. So it's interesting. I mean, Elvis Presley in a movie and, and the wife, uh, Priscilla Presley, Priscilla just walked by, it was kind of funny, but Priscilla Presley, you know, the movie kind of brought forth, you know, his life. And I remember seeing him at the Hilton, you know, I don't know, months before he passed away. People don't realize Elvis Presley was addicted to food, alcohol, and prescribed drugs. He never took illegal drugs. But he got his doctors to prescribe him certain things so he could perform. So the reason I'm telling you these stories is because performance, ultimately, whether it be at the level of on stage and speaking and, and uh, competitive athletes, he died at age 42. Now, if you think about it, he had what, what I believe, uh, ultimately, they say he overdosed on barbiturates. He was three days in a coma, semi-comatose from the effects of Demerol addiction. And then people may not realize it said Presley felt that by getting drugs from the doctor, he, he wasn't the common everyday junkie getting something off the street. And he was just draped over his chair, unable to move glaucoma. He had high blood pressure, had liver damage. He had enlarged colon, but look what his diet was. People ask me, well, you should eat a lot of eggs they are good for you. No, eggs are one of the worst source of protein you could consume. And when you look at it, He's saying, and people watching social media are going to disagree with me, but I'll get into it at, a, at another lecture. Six large eggs for breakfast, cooked in butter, a pound of bacon, a half a pound of sausage, 12 buttermilk biscuits. That was at 5 p.m. I guess he didn't have the energy to wake up in the morning. Then for dinner, he'd have a 1.5 pound ribeye steak, hamburger, deep fried bread. Every night he would get uh, two sandwiches, rolled stuffed bacon, peanut butter, strawberry jam. And then around 4 a.m. or 5, he would have a double hamburger, deep fried peanut butter, mashed banana, lemon meringue, or sweet, pota uh, sweet potato pie. Wait a minute. He had bread smothered with peanut butter, smothered with bananas on it, and smothered with honey, too. Yeah. So... It's purported that he consumed anywhere from 50 to 94,000 calories a day, not counting the booze, the Darvacet that later led to his premature demise, his death. And, and I mean, you know, I mean, Elvis, one of the great performers of our, of any generation, right? And, and, and he was addicted. Why was he overeating? I would purport if the doctor at that time had known, he would have done three things. He would have bounced out his cortisol levels so he wouldn't have had this obsessive need to eat and eat. And I know I was that way. I mean, I, I was eating insane amount of food and I was big. I weighed over 200 to 220. I'm only 5'8". I don't belong in a 200-some pound body. And, and he, he had emotional ups and downs. When you watch the movie, he talks about, you know, he'd get in a rage, he'd throw a chair at someone, then he'd calm down. 
so when you really start to understand that there's an emotional side, there's prescribed drugs that cause problems for him and the food addictions, which leads me to something that I'm very passionate about. Uh, Sheila from Canada uh, came to work with Dr. Tad James and myself, and I suggested there be four steps. Now I believe there's seven secrets to health and longevity, but we used hypnosis. We used herbs. I had many of the supplements, some of the core supplements, in fact, adrenal I had developed a long time ago, and certain plant-based hormones and a, a plant-based diet and exercise. The, these were essentially the four steps. It was then that I realized that the power of the mind in hypnosis was where you should start because you couldn't sit down with an Elvis Presley or someone who's overeating and explain to him, you shouldn't be doing that. You should you shouldn't be drinking when you were 12 years old, Nick. You shouldn't be smoking. You shouldn't be carousing all all night. You shouldn't be getting yourself so sick that you're, you know, you're 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 almost comatose and you're you're vomiting your guts out. But people do, don't they? So what is it? Is there a deep source of pain? Someone would say there's deep-seated emotions that we're gonna delve into during the next two and a half days. The famous story of Dr. Walter Kempner and his solution to obesity, these people lost on average of 146 pounds, weighing over 400, getting to their ideal weight within a year by eating only allowed to eat rice and fruit, which had 20 grams of protein, very high in complex carbohydrates. I have three textbooks reporting the internal uh, uh, annual, annuals of internal medicine. And Walter Kempner was at Duke University. He became very famous for curing diabetes with a rice fruit diet. It's, what kind of rice? The truth was, it wasn't even brown rice, it was white rice. And uh, it could have, it, you, Jasmine's good. It, it was purported over time, we realized that it could have been brown rice or white rice, could have been black rice. Right now, you have a big crock pot with black rice. Rice is good for you. Regardless, it's one of the core grains that is very low on the allergic spectrum. It's very compatible, very, very easy to digest, absorb. There's no essential foreign proteins with the exception of rice that comes from Louisiana, which might have, because of boll weevils, they were giving um, arsenic to kill the, the pests from the cotton fields. And that ended up in the soil. So you don't want to get rice from, from that, that area of the world. But the truth is that these people did it without essentially adding exercise, without doing the power of the mind, without managing their hormones, all the things we know that, that we can take people to the next level. So if in doubt, just eat more rice and fruit. If in doubt, eat more potatoes. If in doubt, uh, go that direction because as we age these these four steps expanded into into seven steps as i mentioned become become very very important because to to get in great shape like jeffrey life uh i think i have another image of him at age 85 now uh coming up so the question i ask you is what will you be like 20 years from now if you do now or you don't change now.
And whatever you've been doing leading up to now, and you think it's been working for you, are you rapidly aging or are you living life that you've always wanted to live? So I purport that you ask yourself the question, how can I add more plant-based proteins to my diet? How can I consume more green drinks? I think on the table, I set out some, some green drinks. I, I like the cold pressed ones best and coconut water and that type of thing, salads, vegetables, soups. Are you exercising, progressively increasing the intensity? Are you getting vitamins and minerals? And are you balancing your hormones, testosterone, DHA with combination of understanding adrenals and cortisol? Are you learning about stem cells and altitude conditioning and CVAC and what this Forever Young three-day mindset program is? This, this, this is the beginning of when you change. This is Dr. Nick Delgado, author of 15 books, including my newest book release, StopAgingNow.7PillarsCoaching.com. I have an irresistible offer that's beyond belief that will take your health, your relationships, your ability to perform as an entrepreneur in your work. This offer, just simply go to the StopAgingNow.com. Seven, the number seven, pillarscoaching.com, and you will see a free offer. It's a $1,200 value for absolutely free to get my downloads of my four best selling books Acne Be Gone for Good, The Skin Condition Acne by Dr. Sonia Batterisi and yours truly, Dr. Nick Delgado, Blood Doesn't Lie, Mastering Love, Sex, and Intimacy, and the newest release. Stop aging now, the seven secrets to look and feel great. That's right, it's a $1,200 offer and you get it for 30 days free. Just simply enter your information, we'll send you the information to download and you get to review my books, you get to get my online courses, all of them. You get to get a Wednesday mentorship with my top VIP group that is held every Wednesday, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. East Coast Standard Time. Yours truly, along with guests that I've invited, germane to the subjects of how do you improve the quality of your sleep, how do you set your mindset to accomplish your goals, how to dramatically improve your fitness profile using my revolutionary 12-minute workout combined with flow training and stretch type yoga movements and the incredible detoxification program the nutritional nutrify program the right foods to select in conjunction with the specific herbs and how to basically accomplish your goals rejuvenate your body the latest on hormones peptides all of it is in this course and in 30 days you'll be able to get the results that you never ever thought was possible. I guarantee these results and I'm backing it up with a free offer. Should you decide to continue, the continued program is very minimal, no more than a couple cups of coffee. And you're not gonna need coffee after you go through this program. Who's this for? Entrepreneurs, burned out housewives, individuals who wanna be peak performers in the bedroom, in the boardroom, and in general, Take your relationships, your health, and your energy, and your career to a whole new level. Looking forward to helping you.